welcome to Mind Space Minimal, a podcast exploring the connections between consciousness, lifestyle, wellness, and aesthetics. We're your hosts. I'm Jessica Yatrovsky. And I'm Daniel Ryan. We hope you enjoy this episode. One, one more thing. One more thing. Just one more thing. So this morning, I had a day. Mm. When people say they had a day, I had a day. I had therapy first thing in the morning, mm. the orthodontist, then the colonic. But last night. Wow, that is a day. Yes. Last night, I had a nightmare mm. that I had all of my teeth were baby teeth. Okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to screen grab your response, <laughs> your expression, the response with your expression. Mm. But they kept like moving around. So like the it was like the baby teeth were up. They were down. They were like, I had like a mouthful of Tic Tacs oh. basically. And then you could like, like look at <laughs> you. Well, I, t- teeth nightmares. I mean, if you are into dream yeah. analysis. No, all, it's always mortality for some reason. Yes, with teeth. Uh, stability. Okay. And yeah, as well. And uh, just a lot of really fucked up things actually having to do with teeth. Sure. But, and, and it's connected to like uh, sustenance, all of those things. And um, <laughs> I had, I was able to, see, I was looking in the mirror in my dream and I was able to see when I opened my mouth to smile that the front was gone, but it was like my gums were like bending, like in this wavy, wavy way that I could see my molars from the front of my face. It was very bizarre. So I was like, oh, little bit of a teeth fever dream, if you will. Um, so I had a day. Uh, my teeth are all intact. Thank Your God. Your teeth look beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, I have uh, 12 more trays to get through. So that's about five more months yay right on (laughs) (laughs) anyways so today we're going to be talking about my new favorite person that i have you to thank for bringing into my life dolores cannon dolores the queen she's fucking awesome she is when i was coming from the orthodontist i started to listen to the convoluted universe Mm -hmm. on youtube Mm -hmm. i'm almost done with it but Just a few things I wanted to put out there because this is really like your time to shine, Dan, on this episode because you just know so much more about her and you've turned me on to her and I just think she's so fucking cool. Mm. So um, she was talking about, well, first of all, she's so funny because she said, she goes, nothing is real. (laughs) Like she said that to the audience she was talking to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I wish she was still alive because... I I mean she is right. Actually, yes. Technically, according to her, she's everywhere, and I would believe it. Yeah. So she was saying, you know, about the creating your own reality, but she takes a whole different direction on this. You create your own reality, which I really appreciate. It's not this woo woo bullshit. She's not channeling. Like she's just coming at it head on. Like she's she is playing she's playing chicken with your subconscious. <laughs> she's playing chess basically. while everybody else is playing checkers. Pretty much. Kind of is though. But yes, she she's explicit. She's not a psychic, too. Yeah, just yeah, uh, yeah. As you were mentioning there, yeah, yeah, just straightforward. Like I said, I I, I really appreciate that about her. And um, she says creating your own reality. She was talking about we also create our a group reality. We create our own group realities. And she said that so 
anything you create, every, you, you create everything to the point when you go back to your house that you had left, you're creating your house now that you're going back to. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it, it's ve- it feels like qu- quantum physics a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I always had this thing growing up that I would, I think this is why I was problematic, but I would think like if someone's there, if someone is not there, do they even exist if you don't see them there? Mm-hmm. Literally somewhere right now, there is Madonna. Like she's somewhere right now, breathing, existing, just like we are. But is she? It's true. Because we don't see her. And then, so the last thing I was going to say, which uh, was sparked by Dolores Cannon's YouTube, The Convoluted Universe. Uh, I love that name. Uh, it so describes <laughs> what this is. She talks about background people and backdrop people. Yeah. Do you know this? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read it before. She, um, it's a complex metaphor that she weaves as, and describes reality as a play, you know, which yes. uh, is not a, necessarily her idea, of course, as we know, but, you know, she mm-hmm. puts it in the context of reincarnation, past life regression, and mm-hmm. hypnosis and hypnotherapy and every, uh, all the other concepts she's working with, which have a lot to do with time and quantum mm-hmm. realms and physics and you know it feels like like a little bit like inception too <laughs> you know and and, yeah. and very like Jungian as well as like you're everyone because you created like so she was talking about like if you're in the airport like you put all those people there as backdrop people mm-hmm. or background people like actors like extras and so she's saying this, right? And I'm walking down the street today mm-hmm. in New York City. I went to the city and I was I started looking around at all the people that I have maybe potentially placed in my mm-hmm. experience all the walking for your down day. the street. Yep. And I was literally like, they should be more attractive. <laughs> and did, <laughs> they, did they get more attractive afterwards? That's the question. No. Okay. And so then I thought, what if I'm also unattractive? And I checked in with myself and I was like, I don't feel unattractive, but I feel like the people around me are unattractive. And it was weird because I was on the Upper East Side Mm. and like those people have had so much work done and tend to be like attractive. And the thing that kind of like actually because I was hearing her speaking and I saw an attractive man And that's what made me think no other people I have been walking by for the past 30 minutes have been attractive. And I've cast unattractive people. So did I cast unattractive people in my play so that I would be the most attractive person? Hmm. I don't know what Dolores would say. But... That's kind of like... And I don't know the answer to that question, Jessica. If you were- Neither do I. <laughs> and I also don't care. I just think it's interesting, you know? But it was funny because it was like the attractive person actually, and then listening to, Dol- to Dolores at the same time, cued me into that I hadn't been seeing attractive people. Now this, now, is, this sounding, is very vain, and this is, but I'm sorry. It's also sounding very inception now. I'm imagining, you know, Tom Hardy in a sea of other faceless <laughs> gray people. You know, just uh, yeah. occupying the Upper East Side stage, the quilted coat crowd as they move about, you know, they're... Yeah, but, you know, 
if she's saying, because she was talking about this is, there's the most dense energy on this planet. This is another thing. And, you know, I really want. So maybe I'm seeing people how they are. Maybe. You know, maybe. like maybe I'm seeing their insides on their outsides. Listen, Jessica, I know you're seeing people as they are. I know. I, can, I, I, <laughs> can we back up for a second too? Cause I want to yeah. give a little context on the, uh, on the queen that is Dolores. On the new love of my life. Yes. So Dolores was born in April of 1931 in St. Louis, Missouri. And she passed away seven years ago, 2014 in October. Oh, wow. So, yeah, she's That's so recent. She's not been gone that long. To give a little background on my journey with her, when I was growing up around past life regression in the 1990s, when it was picking up steam and Many Lives, Many Masters was a hot new book and it was all the rage, mm-hmm. you know, my awareness of Dolores, I remember it starting and thinking to myself, so this, so she's a hypnotist. She's a she's a hypnotherapist. She's a regression therapist. She does past life regression. She's working with other dimensions. She's working with all these other things. She's explicit that she's not a medium or a, a psychic or an empath or any of those things necessarily. She didn't look down on any of that stuff. She also mm-hmm. talks a great deal about intuition, and and it just seemed like a, a greatest hits and a hodgepodge, and I, I wasn't sure what she was focused on. Now, over time, I began to see the air of my ways and realize that, A, she was way ahead of her time, frankly. She was bringing stuff yeah. together that, you know, in all our conversations about social media wellness, but, you know, the clumsiness of social media wellness and people just smashing together what are really dense subjects mm-hmm. as if they were so many blocks they're playing with or something. You know, she was writing books about, you know, in volumes in the 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, and until she passed away. And her her combining, just as you mentioned, because, yes, she is very Jungian in many ways, but she is also uh, a many steps, I don't want to say beyond Jung necessarily, but I think it'd be fair to say that because he was in a different time. Well, and exactly. He's dead. She's in a different time. She's older. Exactly. Yes. She lived. Uh, she lived after him in a more modern world. And that was that. Mm-hmm. So she brought so much together in a way that was actually so far ahead of her time. And then besides that, I don't I really would only mean to uh, she, she had this grandmotherly and has this grandmotherly. And I, I, it's also perhaps I can't help just see her as the archetypal matriarch because so much of her content in her videos are at the end of her life and she is an older woman. She probably is a grandmother, mm-hmm. but she has this, you know, her, her wisdom and her information. Yeah. You know, that video is so perfect. And I suggest people go check out on YouTube. I think it's, I'll link it. Is it I'll link yeah. It. It's like part one or part two of the convoluted universe. And it's a mm-hmm. conversation with her and she kind of just touches on a lot of different subjects, but her ease with it, her comfort with all of it, it the presentation of it is so disarming and charming mm-hmm. and sincere and you know yeah. you there's a, a warmth in who she is and what she does that is missing in so mm-hmm. many other you know therapies or just modes of working she feels very do no harm but take no shit though and that's what that's i right. like about her personality that's right she's you know like she's not gonna yeah. feed you bullshit no and it is that matriarchal energy that's 
very loving and warm. It'll make you soup, but it's also mm -hmm. very disciplined, as you say. It's got yeah solid boundaries, and it's, she you was know, talking don't fuck with this, you know. In in the video, she was talking about uh, clients that come to her, and she was just yelling at them basically for being victims, <laughs> like don't be a victim. She and... she did belong. <laughs> yeah, she did belong to a world. Our parents' generation. Uh, you know, and speaking for my dad specifically, who was a regression therapist who lived in her time or a peer of hers in essence, uh, you know, they had a way of working and came up in a world that was way more repressed and had way fewer ways of communicating mm -hmm. than we have now. So I, I, it's very noticeable to me that this largely doesn't happen anymore. It still does in some places, of course, but you know, so many therapists in the late 20th centuries were just like all about yelling at people. Actually, you know, mm -hmm. there's some um, <laughs> there's some shades of uh, uh, landmark, mm -hmm. you know, and some of the language and, and Werner Erhardt's. Uh, yeah, definitely. Werner, Werner Erhardt's earlier work and that way of berating people. <laughs> For therapeutic yeah, well, means. This, this didn't feel like, I mean, the way she was describing it. The no, way she was I, yeah, I'm not putting her in that clients. category. I'm not putting no, her in No, no, not at all. And I think what I appreciate about that is that I think with these generations that are, you know, living on social media now and, and like we've talked about in other episodes, outrage culture, cancel culture, all of these cultures that are about just, it's funny because they want to be expressive, but actually what they're kind of doing is shutting things down it's shutting conversations possibly and openings potential openings they're just shutting them down but I love what she says about victimhood mm. just in those few words that she said in that video about like stop being a victim or don't be a victim or something like that people don't want to hear that but honestly like my time on this earth and my time in therapy and then observing friends, family, loved ones stuck in victimhood, mm. including myself, it's so unproductive and it's so just like doesn't doesn't advance you. And like later on in that talk, she gets into the subjects of like, oh, she said something that kind of upset me. I was like, oh, no, she said, um, you know, she talks about karma. And um, uh, or I'm sorry, reincarnation or coming back and karma and dharma. She's talking about all these things. And she said, if you don't get it right, like if you don't resolve the situation in this life, it's going to be harder the next time. And I was like, no, shouldn't it be easy if you do something again? And she she equated it to or likened it to. You, you failed a class and you got to retake it. It's going to be harder the next time you take it. And I was like, no, yeah, no. no, I didn't quite agree with that. Cause I was like, I, and also I don't want to come back. Like I told you. That's so. you're a very <laughs> wise person, Jessica. You know I mean? Getting out of the wheel is most often expressed as the purpose. But what do you think about that victim thing? And then I'd like to hear you expand on Dolores more. Well, I agree with her entirely that it's it is a i guess there's three things that come to mind one is if we are the victim of something it's important to know that mm -hmm. i think it's an important question too of who gets to decide who's a victim of what you know, you know i mm -hmm. i'd never suggest seeding that kind of authority to other people but sometimes it also takes 
a third party or somebody who cares for us to point out that victimization of some sort is taking place. So there's a lot of nuance and subtlety to be uh, worked out there. Then I agree with her completely that staying for too long or, or being at all when, when it's not true, mm-hmm. a victim mentality is a pretty self-harming thing ultimately. Yeah. You know, the psychology of victimhood is inherently disempowering and can also be attention-seeking and can also have mm-hmm. all kinds of shadow sides and secondary gains that have nothing to do with healing or redeeming whatever mm-hmm. took place. It makes me think of, I think people get maybe these things mixed up. I'm trying to even work it out right now in my head as I speak it out loud is that you could be a victim of something, right? And you could be traumatized by that event, but that doesn't mean that you're going to now label yourself as a victim and be in victimhood. That's not going to be your identity. It's like you could say, yes, I was a victim of abuse or I was a victim of this, but I'm not a victim. Right. Yeah. Uh, I had, um, I had an interesting situation where, you know, there was childhood stories that we don't need to get into the stories, but things that I did not consider abuse that were later appointed Mm -hmm. at, pointed out to me as, Oh, that was abuse. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, really? You know? And I don't know. I was probably somewhere in my twenties at the time. Mm-hmm. but I was fucked up by that <laughs> a little yeah. bit, you know, because it, yeah. it it had all kinds of layers to it. I was like, Hey, who the fuck is he to tell me I was abused or that what that was right. in the first place? B fuck. Is he right? C yeah. what if I do if he's right? How do I, what do I do with this information now? Does this change things? Do I need to call my therapist? Who's my therapist? What do I do? Yeah. I, again, it's a, uh, it's a dice roll oftentimes. Of course, too, as we both know, I just want to say, too, this is still Dolores, man. She's still with us. We haven't gotten away from her because this is so much of what yeah. she talks about, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, our culture today, this is another way she was ahead of her time. Our culture today is so obsessed with victimhood and... Yeah. you know, whatever, blaming everybody and shaming everybody. Yeah, like, and I'm victimized. Can, it's just like, it's on oh, all sides. Yeah. It's fucking poisonous and toxic. It's noisy as hell. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of goes back to one of the other episodes we were talking about with like triggers and like accountability and, and, and taking responsibility like for abuses or, or, you know, a whole array of things that could happen to you. It's like, well, okay, this thing happened, but do you want that to be your identity? You know, it's like, I like TV, but like TV is not Mm -hmm. who I am. You know, like I'm not a TV. I'm (laughs) Jessica. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like I know, and, and I don't mean to say these things to somehow belittle people that are going through some pretty serious things and are the victim of some pretty serious, um, uh, abuses, yes, trials, challenges, situations. situations. Yes. Yeah, and of course, society. That's you know, I coming mean, back to where we started. Yeah, there's real shit. You know, I mean, like, yeah, m- maybe this is. A <laughs> I was gonna say a good place to end here, but uh, with this topic anyway. But but ultimately, coming back to the cultural piece, when everybody is monetizing and weaponizing shaming and victimhood, and and a there's no yeah. option for redemption. 
Like nobody gets to be clean. And then besides that, it poisons the well and nobody knows where real victimhood is. There's real shit going on. We're fucking destroying the earth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're, mm-hmm. we're poisoning our grandmother and, and, yeah. and, you know, and, and we can't focus on that to fix it long enough because mm-hmm. there's a lot of false stories out there. I mean, where's the heal? You need the healing hood and you need yeah. the accountability hood. And, and, you know, the last asterisk on that, I don't consider myself the final authority on where that authentic stuff is, but, you know, I think it requires more mm-hmm. listening and less talking. dramatic pause yeah i want i was gonna just stare at you until one of us staring contest is are the known as the best Mm -hmm. podcasting content (laughs) yeah so what give me dolores Dolores. yeah she more on her she's one of a kind she can uh, people like her can no longer happen incidentally her daughter julia who i'm going to reach out to We'll be sending this to you, Julia. We are sending this to you. Hi, Julia. (laughs) Hi. We're so glad you exist. We'll we'll be so happy to be your backdrop people. I would love to become one of her foreground people. She she is, (laughs) as you know, she's one of uh, the few second generation regression therapists in the world, which is the weird club I belong to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I so of course I have a, a large personal piece in that where I, I would just love to talk to her and share stories and uh, be like hey did you have to deal with this when you were a kid <laughs> did you have to do that what mm-hmm. was this like but also it the legacy piece is also very interesting you know and to just talk to her about mm-hmm. her mom and her family and and her practice yeah. and the way she does continue her mom's work and her teaching is there something you have in your notes um because I don't know mm-hmm. what you prepared for this but what concepts or things that Dolores introduced mm-hmm. you to, you feel it w- is something worth exploring today, because there's so there's so much. So the convoluted universe, actually, uh, which you mentioned, okay. I think that video is a fantastic primer and introduction to her concepts and what she talks about. I'm going to go with my bias here, but it's not really that because this is so much of what she focuses on. Her approach to past life regression had inside of it every other thing that she did and worked with it. The way she would work with past life regression and the way she would talk about talk about it, and this is one of the low-key secrets of past life regression, which is why I think it's one of the coolest therapies on earth and, and totally misunderstood is it really does have every subject inside of it to work with past life regression. You can talk about death. You can talk about sex. You can talk about birth. You can talk about love. You can talk about pain, war, history, the future, Mm -hmm. time, physics, science, art, whatever you want is on the table. You know, so while it can lack boundaries and that the imagination has none, uh, you know, it also is an opportunity to explore anything and everything. And her, her approach to it, again, matriarchal, not just feminine, the discipline that she uh, applied, you know, she had yin and yang in, in equal balance, as far as I could tell, and would just approach it, you know, it's also an art form, in the way she, she did it. Mm-hmm. 
gosh, who could I compare her to in in the arts? She She's a performance artist for sure. Of a sort, definitely. You know, you were the one that taught yeah. me that past life regression is a performance art, Jessica. Mm-hmm. It's very uh I don't know, straddles maybe like fluxus. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's kind of that time period, too, right? I mean, she definitely grew up in the Fluxus mm. era of postmodernism, maybe. Yes. I don't know. And all of those people were so into meditation. I don't mean to say, I don't know who those people mm-hmm. were, actually, as I say that. But the arts community and, you know, meditation, Scientology, uh, psychology. Pre and post-cult. Yes. You know yeah. I mean? This is like the 1950s, 60s, 70s. Like, mm-hmm. this stuff is really psychedelics. Like, all of this stuff is hot for the first time in history you know yeah it's kind of an exciting time she mentioned the splitting off thing in the convoluted universe uh someone a a woman came up and asked a question Mm -hmm. about the splitting off yeah and um the multiverse (laughs) right and this is another thing she would go into yeah yeah and i'm just curious like because that also it's very like i don't know if anybody out there has seen the movie sliding doors with gonna with (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow. Goo, 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 goo. The goo. I'm like goo. The goo. Um, the goopeth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. But um, it. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. I understand what she's saying, but so it, it, yeah. I have a question for you, please, and maybe you could like answer it uh, or tr- help me try to make sense of it with Dolores. I I know I asked you a question, like, can you tell me about? What you think is the most important thing that jumped out, but I do have a I do have a question. So, if she's suggesting that we split off pieces of us, we become uh, fractaled right. in some way, and if we had a desire to go to medical school, mm. we did. Mm. If we had a desire to stay in the city we live in and get married and have children instead, we did that too. So. If we're doing all this like multiverse living in this time period or in within this dimension, like dimensions mm-hmm. of this time mm-hmm. on Earth, why reincarnation then? Why would we come back if we're splitting off into pieces and living all of these other lives? <laughs> Did you hear that? No. <laughs> that was so rude. My fucking calendar was just like telling me that I had tennis tomorrow. It was rude. <laughs> so and so's going live. Yeah, it was like literally like I'm I'm having like an existential moment about you know, multiverse and multidimensional right. living, whatever you call it, and like the real world came back into my headphones. Um yeah, like I, I don't understand. Like, how does she resolve that then? Like, if if we're splitting off into different pieces, but then there's reincarnation, you're coming back, and like, so is that essentially saying, say you split off into five different lives, you're living five different lives? Are you fucking up in all those five different lives hmm. that you had to come back again? Like, fucking up the same? <laughs> so there's so much here, Jessica. So much. So you know, it's described in these books oftentimes as the the density of matter is is what we come back for ultimately Mm -hmm. and that you know the experience not only on earth but another uh, another very current 
subject that's always relevant, but you know, extraterrestrials and other dimension—excuse me, other dimensions and other worlds. This is another mm-hmm. thing that she was like deep, deep into, and always mm-hmm. talking about, and completely normally too. I just want to. Mm-hmm. This is one just of, like casual. This is one of my favorite things about regression therapy, and it can be. It can be wrongly dismissed way too easily. I've seen a lot of people, people I respect do it, but that regression therapy will take, you know, our senses that, you know, we may have been an alien in a past lifetime where we simply don't feel comfortable on earth as human seriously Mm -hmm. and let Mm -hmm. us productively, productively disassociate long enough yes it can go into the shadow side if we start to think or if i start to think hey it's not my responsibility this is my extraterrestrial self or just to start blame all my problems on a past lifetime or something like that whatever then i'm definitely not that's bullshit yeah i'm definitely not facing my stuff then and you know the i think this ability that dolores so beautifully embodied where uh she would talk about Again, the density of matter and that for all of from all of these dimensions and from all of these planets and from all of these available incarnations, the life between lives or the interlife or the bardo states, as they're called in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, is that place where the we are fragmented and fractaled and and we become these immaterial spirits combining with other pieces to come back in corporeal form. And, mm-hmm. and we simply don't experience things there the way we do here. This is what we're told, by the way. Is this what actually happens in the afterlife? My official statement on that is fucked if I know. But you know, the, the story, which I do find compelling and sometimes beautiful, is that in this place, on this dimension, again, we're, we're broken up into finer pieces, sometimes described as the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, but there's a lot of different words for it. Plato even kind of talked about this in a story of his called The Myth of Ur. So there are, there are stories that, you know, look very similar. Joseph Campbell talks about this and all Mm -hmm. of the references Mm -hmm. and, and kind of metaphors and similarities. But anyway, back to Dolores. Yeah, she just encapsulated all of this in her wizened, wonderful way. But that didn't answer my question. I don't remember what your question was. <laughs> no, you, you know, Are you, if you're fucked up in all the five split offs, you're fucking you up. Had. You're fucking up in all of them. Yes. Yeah. So, you might also be getting things right, though. I mean, like the fucking up and the getting things right is constant. The universe. And then how? How's that decided then? Because then if you come back... How do we get off the wheel? And then also you come back and it's harder? Here, here, How you get off the wheel is to essentially clean your past to the point where you have no more past lives. This is is a way it's expressed. What does it mean? Explain that dismount, will you? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) So essentially, gosh... I tell you what, I do not feel equipped to articulate this as beautifully as I would like to, but I'm going to try. So we're not here for that. Not in this life. This, I I don't know, <laughs> Jessica. Maybe I am. Uh, oh well, then you're coming back for sure. Uh, exactly. I'm fucked. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be harder to explain harder. it. It's going to be harder next back. time. That's always true, man. It, it, <laughs> it isn't easier to do tomorrow what can be done today. You really believe that? In most cases, I mean, here's the thing. In in cases of avoidance, yes. 
if if we're avoiding something actively, then yeah, you know, avoidance does not get easier. But, you know, there's a lot of cases where, no, it can probably be done tomorrow. (laughs) That's that's Mm -hmm. also definitely true. So I, I, I think it's case by case, that piece. Coming back to what you were mentioning, the story essentially is that through whatever grace, I do not know how this is supposed to happen, but it does also come back to concepts like karma and dharma. And I say that acknowledging that I am not of the Hindu tradition and those words have very specific meanings that I think are very often gotten wrong in wellness and and marketing. But that ultimately the, the path of the soul and that lifetime, like we would clean our house, needs mm-hmm. to be cleaned and put in order to the point where there's no past lifetime that needs to be rediscovered. There's no past life memory that is unavailable to you. There's no memory necessary even that you are clean in the present. I mean, it, we might describe it as enlightenment, but you know, I don't think that's the only description of it. This state, this nirvana, this bliss I'm but, making I mean, up as I go along. Who's, who's saying that? Who's saying that? that? You know, a lot of different traditions. Which one of you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show me the person who says this. <laughs> Show yourself. Uh, a lot of different traditions talk about this in different ways. This, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're ultimately hearing my interpretation. So hold me responsible for this, Jessica. I don't want to, I really. Well, I know it's like a lot of what we're talking about too is based on Eastern philosophy. And it religion. definitely is. It, th- yeah. The thing is, and coming back to Dolores and her influence, and I'm really, as you're hearing my interpretation, I interpret Dolores as having infused Man, just like the folksiest, awesomest Midwestern American mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. with these Eastern philosophies through a very yeah. 20th century lens. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, she was just this awesome character that typified all of this stuff. So, of course, you're absolutely correct. And those Eastern philosophies, you know, this is my interpretation oftentimes of what they say. But this is also to, I think it was a regression therapist. I can't remember, I can't remember who it was who originally told me this idea, but ultimately that, you know, there should be no more past lives. Just be done with them. Well, I mean, that's, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't want. <laughs> don't want. Don't want. No. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's been fun, Dan. Um, We've had enough past life regression <laughs> for one lifetime. I feel like, you know, the fact that I've come into this, world onto this planet Mm. met you Mm. had all these i mean you would know more than i would obviously because you see these clients but i feel like i've experienced so much past life that like why would i come back i had a conversation with somebody today who had had a recent mdma trip a journey a facilitated journey it wasn't recreational i don't Mm -hmm. think but, but uh, I just had this image of somebody on MDMA on a walker and someone helping them. <laughs> That's how you facilitate a trip. <laughs> Watch me facilitate this trip. <laughs> uh, so she's telling me, you know, during this MDMA journey, I think there may have been a, a little LSD involved as well, that she had some past life material come through mm. and um, and that she wanted to make sense of it. Yeah, the... <laughs> don't want (laughs) i don't want to make sense of it 
It, uh, I appreciate her, though. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, we appreciate her. Yeah. Psychedelics are an interesting subject here. I don't think we're we're actually out of Dolores's realm now. I don't know that she did or didn't work with psychedelics. I have no idea. But um, or what she would have thought about them. Ask her daughter about it. I hope to ask Julia someday. But uh, you know, if, if one can safely navigate in psychedelic realms, you know, be on psychedelics and and not lose themselves, but find themselves and be able to work mm-hmm. with them peacefully. Supposedly, and you know, this can also totally be, as we want to point out, spiritual bypassing and all kinds of other stuff. You know, I don't want to. We're not condoning shit here. In fact, there's too much, you know, of a cavalier attitude with psychedelics too often. And I mean, you'll feel like you're on psychedelics if you listen to her oh yeah speak oh man and past life regression is inherently kind of psychedelic Mm -hmm. but that you know those substances in particular are good litmus tests for actually how much past life material and or suffering any one person is carrying Mm -hmm. and that you know they do actually invite these things back to the surface and did the client resolve well she had ultimately a positive experience. She had an interesting story and I, she didn't give me a ton of details. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm afraid there is no ending to the story yet, but that she had had a number of visions of a very negative past lifetime where she was a horrible person who did terrible things mm-hmm. and saw the aftermath of those actions mm-hmm. and how it rippled out. And then she saw the lifetime most more recently with MDMA and LSD. She saw the lifetime before those moments, those memories, whatever you want to call them, where she was a, a truly wonderful person who was very charitable and loving and decent and generous and benevolent. And that when she was able to go back to and access that very positive past lifetime, that it sent out this ripple effect that resolved any unresolved business from the negative lifetimes and that it Mm. actually produced for her quite a lot of healing in a very positive and potent way. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, so it was ultimately a good story and a happy ending thus far. And what she was asking me about was, because she hasn't worked with a regression therapist yet, this has all just come through in her practice. You know, this is what she feels and this is what she thinks she's seeing. And I'm not going to argue with her about any of that. But yeah, so she was asking my opinion on some of it, I suppose, and what it would look like to do a past life regression, what I thought was necessary and all of that. But I told her, I was like, listen, if you feel better, if you feel good and it's had this wonderful effect from you or for you, then your experience might be complete. You know, I mean, we can do a session, but if you feel balanced and at peace with what came through, then... You know, I'm, yeah. we might not have anything to add unless you would like to further explore, in which case, of course, we could. It's just like that thing of, of like love trumps hate, mm. you know. Mm. I, oh, that's a bad. Oh, yeah. We said that Trump. word. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I actually picked up my phone today and somebody sent me some meme with him and I was like, ah, yeah. you know, it was like I electric. It's nice not saying him, isn't it? Yeah. It was so like nice. an electrical shock. But I was thinking more like, OK, love conquers all maybe like (laughs) let's pull out every cliche um no i think like love is more powerful than hate but hate is pretty fucking destructive yeah and listen i i agree with you and i don't like you (laughs) (laughs) i agree with you but 
man, here's the thing, like negativity bias in the brain is stronger than both of those things you just said. <laughs> uh, uh. Our, our lizard brains and our fight or flight responses and what they do to our perceptions of each other and our world around us are not necessarily always more uh, less powerful than love. That's unfortunately. why I feel like it comes down to what you believe, what you actually believe. Yes, what you practice, what you give your attention mm-hmm. to. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And I love when Esther Hicks says, uh, you know, a belief is a thought you keep thinking. And that's what makes me think about what you do mm. and how, like, you know, brain training and, you know, training yourself to think other ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, here's some suggestions for thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to suggest a few ways to think, just like we were talking about with positive psychology, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, well, the the mind and the brain as muscles and exercising and what we do with them and all of that. Um, absolutely true. You know, but if you're if you're saying negativity bias, like smashes those uh, the fight, the fight or flight response and the lizard brain and all of these mm-hmm. other ways of saying these primal, primitive you know, parts of our brain that scan the horizon for threats and that produce fear are like are super powerful because they've kept us protected over mm-hmm. centuries. They're the same parts of our brains that learn to scan the environment for big cats and monsters that would eat us. Humans going to human. So in the last, you know, 200 and 300 years where the world has become consistently, I mean, I don't know if we want to say better, but safer. It's definitely better though. Air conditioning. Come on. Air conditioning. It's better. Yeah. Yeah. Indoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing. Yeah. yeah we're better. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, the, these parts of our brains essentially are still very, very powerful. And for reasons of protection and survival, you know, in a lot of cases, more powerful than those parts that will produce serotonin and melatonin and love and the happy chemicals. So for negativity bias, then why come back? Because you would say, oh, come back for love, joy, all of these things that you get to experience in, in a human well, vessel. Jessica, we're told we're spiritual beings having human experiences. <laughs> I want proof. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. Okay. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> yeah, we're. I mean, we are though. Like, I'm. I'm with you on this one. You know, it's like I agree, and we're told that you know the the spiritual piece of it, whatever that means for us, you know, is overriding the corpus and all of this business about negativity bias and all of my yim yammering about the brain. Okay, so speaking of. I would say past life regression and experiences even with like psychedelics and and all of that stuff that we were talking about. If you're thinking along the lines of what Dolores was saying about like that, the play phenomenon that Mm -hmm. we're in a play we've created, we've put all these people here as background people or background actors, extras. Does that mean like when you're walking forward, people are not existing behind you? Until you turn your attention to them. Like they appear when you. Yeah. This is very Truman. Exactly. Yeah. We're in the Truman show. Yeah. I just, I mean, I haven't looked into her videos enough to, to see how granular she gets with it. That's just the thing. And these, these are the pieces too, that with past life regression and see metaphor is one of the primary means of communicating all of this. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, so poking holes in this whole background foreground. It's like, so who's the co-star? Who's making a cameo today? Right. <laughs> you know, right. who's the fucking first AD? And where's my mm-hmm. where's my coffee? Yeah. You know, all of these very important questions. These are very easy ways to start. You know, really, that's just like poking holes and making it all sound as silly as it possibly can be. None of it feels real, but yet it's it's like I'm still hungry right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, what would fill that or satisfy that hunger? And this is actually a wonderful point kind of near the end here with is that what we are talking about, in essence, is an experience. We're we're talking about music right now. We're not listening to the song, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. But, you know, Dolores actually leading us through a past life regression or actually changing our state right now and having the experience, sipping the tea, Mm -hmm. listening to the music, that would be the next thing to do. That's why I kind of smirked when you said you were having a conversation about what that past life regression with that client would look like. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? It would look like me whispering to you (laughs) for 45 minutes. It doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like that either. Yeah, that's true. No, but I'm saying like it doesn't look like you haven't done it yet. So Right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's you an know. experience. And the one of the primary reasons we do past life regression is because we don't know what we'll find. Right. Yeah. We want to find out. But it's poking at know, the mystery. Dan. It's literally poking at it. Dan, I want to know less. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> I think Dolores would love I that. I want to know what less is. I want you to show me. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't want you to show no, me. Okay, don't show. all right, fine. No, I, th- I say this, though, with a light heart. Subtraction, minimalism. Because, yeah, I say it with a light heart because I am endlessly interested in these ideas, these conversations oh, yeah. with you. But Likewise. I also really connect with people like Dolores that say none of this is real. Yeah. So one of the last things I'll say that I just love about her and her character, she was so egoless. Our friend Joey Grainer mm. pointed this out when we did a clubhouse about Dolores a couple weeks ago. But she was so egoless. She was so down to earth. She was so pre-internet age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was uh, just realer than everybody else. And coming back to my first awareness of her when I was saying before how at first I didn't get it. Like I, I, I saw so many things she was focused on and didn't have a sense of who she was immediately, you know, and Mm. then it took time and I I figured it out. But, uh, she was always like this amazing indie rock band (laughs) that Mm -hmm. is, is perpetually Mm. and perennially under the radar, but always respected, loved, Mm. necessary to the art. Yeah, it didn't seem like she cared about being popular at all. I, I, yeah, I think it was the people around her, which it often is with these people, characters like her and people that are just super devoted to their work and not focused on their PR and marketing. Mm -hmm. I think it was in many ways the people around her that elevated her, but she, I think she deserved it. I think she was one of those people that should have been elevated. I'm glad she was. Oh, for sure. If she was alive now, do you think she'd be on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah? Good question. Um, Would she want to go on? <laughs> I think. We got a lot of questions for you, Julia. Oh, yeah, we do. It's <laughs> true. If she was like, because it's funny, because, you know, I mean, she was around, she passed in 2014. So she was around for the first, you know, 
couple years, 10 plus years of the internet. And I mean, and the Oprah Winfrey show was on right. while she was alive. And she and Oprah had Brian Weiss on, has Brian Weiss on like once a year. But she didn't have Esther Hicks on. No? No, she only had her on when she finally had her podcast. Okay. Yeah. So like, I wonder if like the concepts that Dolores was talking about were so convoluted well, that, well yeah that's the thing <laughs> you know, I, I think that it wouldn't connect with her audience or it would have um you know actually something that um mm. i don't know where i heard this from but actually i heard this f- through judaism um that <laughs> like <laughs> you i'm like whatever i heard this uh my upbringing i was um, talking with judaism the other day yeah i was talking with my religion and basically like with the Kabbalah, like you're not supposed to study it until you become of a certain age because that you just don't have the experience in life and that knowledge set to actually digest what's in the Kabbalah. And when I was young, I was like, fuck that. That's stupid. I don't get it. And then like how women, like technically if you're very religious, like they're not allowed to study it. And I was like, fuck that too. But now I understand, not the woman part, but I I do understand that when you get to a certain place in your experience in your life that you can't just like handle something. Like if I were to like encounter Dolores Cannon or Esther Hicks, I don't know how many years ago, I don't think I, it would have fried my brain. It would have gone over my head. You know, I, I, it might not have hit and i think that's why that's what it was for me yeah and 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 you don't you don't understand it perhaps for for a variety of reasons um not good nor bad but i think that um why there's been so many and i don't consider dolores in this camp but there have been so many self-help gurus that have had so much success through like television shows or psychics and things like that is because it was so watered down and so just like telling people what they wanted to hear that there it was so flat and it didn't have enough dimension. And when you think about these other people like Dolores, they're so multifaceted and like multidimensional that you can't just put that on daytime television. The 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 it would short circuit, you know, it would fry people's brains, I think. Mm. But now I feel like we are living in a time when people can, it's more expansive. Mm -hmm. We do, you know, thanks to the internet, people are doing their own research. There's, I feel a lot more spirituality, even though you told me I I probably would have loved living in the 70s, uh, the 60s or the 70s. I think you told me that. I mean, Um, because very spiritual time. But I think we're going through that again. We're having like a spiritual renaissance. Do you? Uh, I think so, but I think that um, there's too much like advertising. Coming I was gonna in. say, is it cool? <laughs> it's not cool. Uh, yeah, where's it's, the where's the cool parts? Is is it at Burning Man? Where it's basically it? like we're basically the people that are trying to have the interesting conversations and looking for uh, thought provoking discussions are kind of like slumming it right. a bit like it's not pretty like the, the stuff that we're doing is not pretty whereas i feel like there's this huge wellness woo-woo movement that is like packaged up 
really pretty with millennial pink advertising. And I, I think that, um, that to me is actually exhausting. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's no, less exhausting to, to actually think about. And I do think we're in a special Dolores, time. Dolores's work. Yeah. Yeah. You know. If I may go back to something that you said a few moments ago about all of these things coming together at this time. Agreed. You know, yeah, just that she was, I've said this many times already, but ahead of her time. Totally. And ultimately, you know, the same way I can scroll through my feed at, uh, on any any social media service and see past lives, aliens, and uh, mm -hmm. astrology right next to each other. You know, again, yeah. these were things that she was combining in a sentence and writing books about. And I didn't get it either. I mean, to come back in her lifetime... And just, you know, even just 20 years ago, uh, I think in the pre-internet age, it was kind of harder to get a sense of the breadth and depth of her work and see it and experience it in any kind of contained way, which I, mm -hmm. I can't say I've necessarily done at this point. But even just that YouTube video, again, that we're going to have in the show notes is such a great distillation of her voice and her work and her character. So I, I'm so mm -hmm. glad well, I'm, I'm I might complain sometimes about the services and stuff, but YouTube is a pretty cool thing sometimes. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't wait to do, just dive in more. I remember too, when you guys brought it up, I was like a little bit resistant mm. to it because I was like, oh, another person. I was like, this better not be like an Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, like, because I can't with them. Mm -hmm. And to like, they're lovely people and I super appreciate what they're doing, what they've done. Did you ever read... Any of Eckhart Tolle's books? Uh, yeah. You like him? Or did you not like him? How do you feel about him? So I read A New Earth. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like A got New Earth it. too. Yeah. In immediately got it. And then I was like, oh, I read A New Earth. I, I better go back and read The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. Mistake. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. If you read A New Earth and it spoke to you, stop there. Mm. You're done. You are done. There's no more discovery past that book. I promise you. I, I don't care. I'm 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 just dishing out mm -hmm. my opinion here. But Hot takes. I, Let's go. I think it's fact because I went back to the power of now and it was like regressive. It felt very regressive. And tip number two, if you're going to interact with his books, do not get them on audiobook because you didn't like his accent. No, he <laughs> read his. He no no no. I'm fine. He could be whoever he wants to be. Yeah. But I thought. I didn't know it was him reading it, first of all. Sure. No, he has a very distinct voice, which I completely get. It's like you're gonna be hot or cold with it. And if you don't well if you did if it, for whatever reason you don't like it, I mean that just ruins an audiobook. So I totally hear you. Here's what was trippy about it. When I heard the voice I thought I was just like, they didn't hire someone to read this. This is like an automated reading. I had, like, the, how I had rude. the same thought, honestly. It was like, like robot and I stuck with it, but I had the same thought. Oh, <laughs> Well, what was funny is I went, this is when it was like, I got it on, not Audible, it was like iTunes or something. Mm. And I was reading the reviews and it goes, hello, robot voice was like the the title of this person's review. Huh. I wish I would have read the reviews and listened to a sample before I bought The Power of Now. Sure. This is specifically The Power of Now. I don't know what his other books sound like. But, and it goes, hello, robot voice. And in the review, it was something like, if you want to drive off a cliff in LA, just put this audiobook on. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was like, 
um i was like oh so actually it was his voice and it was him reading it but i i, I will just say this like the the ronda brines the deepak chopras the eckhart tolle like they all have really good messages they're all drawing on a lot of eastern philosophy they're talking about laws of attraction and the different laws that there are and i appreciate their work individually in certain places and spaces but i feel like it's so common knowledge in our circles i'll say because it's not common knowledge for everybody but like in our wellness circles that they don't really have that depth or impact on me um, as like an artist and a person who studied like religion and philosophy because and I don't consider myself a seeker but I definitely consider myself like a connoisseur of these things <laughs> and like they're kind of like just base level mm. right of like foundational kind of ideas that are distilled so that like people can have them as like little lunchable snack packs of you know spirituality mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> a lunchable a little, of spirituality lunchable yeah and 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 it does good you know like it's 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 for the greater good it's positive it's it's fantastic that people can get this information out to people and people can connect with it but i'm really interested in the dolores canons of the world and hearing them speak like i love alan watts oh, i love alan yeah i love esther hicks yeah um I love, I'm trying to think of just some other people maybe off should, the top of my head. Maybe but, this should yeah. be like the first of our Titans series, you know, and we can mm -hmm. do these episodes where we just talk about what we love about the characters that we love. That'd be a nice thing to do. Yeah. I'd be into that. In yeah, this that, would, particular be, that space. would be really nice. Yeah. Who knows, dear listener, maybe we'll end up doing that. Yeah. And maybe we'll try to channel Alan Watts. Not kidding. Alan. <laughs> Alan. 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 <laughs> And thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Space Minimal. Bye, guys. Visit us at mindspaceminimal.com and email us at mindspaceminimal at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.